When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Christian Brindle, and welcome to the Everything Medicare Podcast. What's up, everything, Medicare, Podcast Nation? This is Christian Brindle, and today I have a guest that I've been really so excited to talk to for quite a while now. Um, she's someone that is just a, a real powerhouse um, in the insurance industry. I have Galen Hendricks with me. Um, Galen's the CEO and founder of Senior Security Benefits, which my organization's done a little bit of business with in the last year, and we've had a great experience with. Um, Galen sits on the board of advisors for several huge insurance companies. She's a trainer. Um, she is a consultant for some of the largest insurance organizations in the world. And, and she's just a real superstar in the industry. So Galen, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. This is going to be exciting today, especially the way you started out. Hope yeah. I can keep up. No, no, you're going to run circles around me. I can already tell. But Okay, we'll see. Real quickly, let me grab my charger so my phone, my computer doesn't die, and then I'll be right back. Sure. Uh, sorry, I thought I had plenty of juice, and then the low battery thing popped up on me. Okay, we should be good to go. Good. Uh, well, yeah, again, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a very busy person, and so I'm flattered that you just took a little bit of time to come on and kind of have this awesome conversation with me. Um, I'm flattered. Well, thank you for having me. I take that as a great compliment. Well, you're all over social media. I, I, I do what I can. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're kind of a legend right now. I mean, you pop up on my feed all the time. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad. I would say almost more than the Zig Ziglar family does. Wow. Hey, well, wow. That's, that's something that I'm very proud of then. Yeah, so your presence is pretty strong. Hey, well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, I love that. That's kind of our goal. So if I'm getting in front of um, people that are as busy as you, we must be doing something right. It was working. Yeah. Well, let's jump right in. Um, Galen, talk a little bit about your journey how did you get into the insurance industry? Let's start there. Totally by accident, like everybody. Um, yeah. You know, nobody, people, is, people are going to start quoting me on this, but you don't wake up saying, I want to be an insurance agent. I mean, I just don't know right. anybody that I've talked to ever that has said that. My dad was a debit agent and uh, worked his tail off. And he wanted me in the uh, insurance business. He called it back then, this is how old I am, the ordinary business, which basically <laughs> is what we do. You know, it's not the debit business up and down the street. 
Um, I interviewed for a position after having been in the advertising and newspaper world and thought I was going into pharmaceutical sales. And I was so excited because that sounded so sexy and so awesome. And I was going to do commission accounting for these sales reps. And in my mind, you know, I was going to climb up the corporate ladder and be, you know, awesome. Well, after a day and a half, I figured out I was in a very large insurance agency that did quite well. They were in Lubbock, Texas. And I started out in commission accounting and I loved it. But the guy that I was working with, um, he heard me talking to agents. He heard me talking to people in the phone room and he was like, you ought to try sales someday. And I was like, uh, no, I'm good. It's, it's good. <laughs> You know, and because uh, I was still fighting the insurance thing. And then uh, one day I was in their call center. It was back when we created leads for Medicare supplement. And we had a lady running it. And um, I was watching a, some guy on the phone. And I was like, he's not very good, is he? And she said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, he's let somebody off the phone. And I mean, he's been on the phone for like five minutes. Did he not get a lead in five minutes? And so just little things like that just started making me get excited about, I think I can do a little better than that. And then I started writing with agents and I was like, I think I can do a little better than them. Mm -hmm. And then I went to my dad and asked him, you know, what I needed to do. You know, I think I want to try this insurance game. Of course he was getting excited and he was like, there's really no better school than these two books. And he handed me two books. It was Zig Ziglar, See You at the Top. And it was Norman Vincent Pill, The Power of Positive Thinking. And I remember the Power of Positive Thinking book being just like, you know, a mess because he had had it for years. And, uh, and I read those books and I started finding out that people in the industry, they, they did what they did and they were good at it, but they didn't love it. And I decided that if I was ever going to do something, I wanted to love it because I wanted people to love me when I sold them something. I, you know, I'm that, my love language is words of accolades. And so, you know, if you do good by people, they'll say, oh, you need to do business with Galen. She was great and she was friendly. And so that's kind of how I got started. But up and I made it sound pretty simple, but up until the, the sales process started, I'd done everything. I'd done licensing and contracting. I had done uh, commissions. I had done designing brochures. You know, we had done all of that work. So landing in that very large insurance agency was very good for me. And I got to be around some of the most successful agents I'd ever seen. People that actually worked. That was back during the time when um, Medicare had been standardized. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And the guy I was working for at the time said, hey, to me, this is no different than the Great Depression. You know, <laughs> we're not wow. going to jump out the windows. We're going to stay inside and we're going to make the best of this and we're going to be successful. And so where I got my start was in MedSup. That's all we wrote in that agency was Medicare Supplement. And then a year later, he got an opportunity to go work with a very large organization doing underage 65 business. And then we started down that road. And so I always say everything brings you back full circle. And so, you know, I got to write MedSups. I got to process MedSups. I got to watch agents write MedSups. And I got to watch agents during that time because there was no such thing as an advance. So agents had to write annuals. They had to collect 12 months premium from a client in order to make a good commission. 
because if they didn't, they got paid as earned. And so, you know, it was awesome getting to watch people just really get out there and work really hard, be proud of what they did. And, and I wanted to be part of that. And so that's how I got started. Hey, well, I love it. I mean, I can identify so much with the book thing. Um, yeah. Because when I got started, um, I, got, I started working with my dad and my dad had, has been a long time, you know, um, agency owner, I should say, is what I'd call him here in Utah yeah. um, for probably 30 years since the late 80s, early 90s. And so one of the first books he gave me, because he noticed I liked reading books, I just was reading books already. And I was reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I was oh, reading Oh, that's a great book. How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I, I just mm-hmm. books. I love to learn and I love to learn things that are going to be applicable to my my business and my life. So he gave me um, The Greatest Salesman in the World, Bob Mendino. That's a great book. And that turned out to probably be my favorite book I've ever read, but I, it took me a while to read it because I was like, oh, this is probably outdated, fuddy-duddy stuff. It's <laughs> my dad. And yeah, hey, so. As 30-something pioneers, we have a little bit of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, a, I, I'd say quite a bit. <laughs> oh, Galen, let, let me shift gears over to this. As, as sure. someone, a real superstar in the insurance industry, Specifically about Medicare, what does the med- what does the industry do well, and what does the industry not do well for the consumers? In your opinion, so I think the industry has done very very well in keeping Medicare supplements alive. Um, you know Agreed. the margins, the premiums they keep having to lower them because you know these spreadsheets. While they're great for agents to be able to say, hey, in your area, the lowest rate is this, it's also not a great thing for the insurance companies mm-hmm. because they're having to get their premiums so skinny that it's really hard for them to make money. If they don't write a lot of volume, they don't make a ton of money. So I think one of the things that they've done really well is keeping it alive. And I think them adding ancillary products and portfolio selling to their their blocks have been really a good thing. I think the fact that they really try to keep the rate increases low right now to keep that business on the books, because let's face it, when those big rate increases come, those agents are just flipping that business. And to me, that's not a good business model. A good business model is when you build, like building blocks. Um, When you start replacing business, you're not building anything. You're just replacing it year after year after year. And that is not good for the carrier. Mm -hmm. So I think that they've done that really, really well. I'm one of those people that I kind of just tell it like it is. Um, And I think the spreadsheeting thing is not a good thing for our industry. It's an easy thing for our industry. It makes life easier for us. And yes, we can save our customer a dollar. But if the spreadsheeting thing keeps going on, the carriers are going to get so squeezed that comp is going to have to be lowered. Or they're going to require agents to write more ancillary so they can make profit dollars. So I really think what we as agents need to do is we need to be better salespeople. And that's not a bullaroon situation. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking to the fact of going back to old school and just selling yourself and why a client should do business with Christian Brindle or why a client should do business with Galen Hendricks, not based on some spreadsheet. 
because if we base it on a spreadsheet, that means anybody could come in and take your business. Right. So I think we need to get better um, as agents and sell ourselves better and have our clients like us so much that a dollar to three dollars difference on a med sup does not make a difference. Right. So that, that would be my comment with regard to that question. Um, I think the other thing with that is, is I think companies are doing a really, really good job of doing something different that our government didn't do. And that's, they actually talk to agents. You know, when you set this up, you talked about me sitting on advisory councils. You know, I love being asked to sit on advisory councils. I think that's one of the greatest honors I've been given in my 35-year career. And I sit on many. And they care about what we have to say. Getting ready to have two big ones at the end of this month. And what we do is we try to listen to everything our agents say through our marketers, you know, and take that to the mat and say, hey, here's what they're needing. And I think that'll make us a bigger and better industry when it's all said and done. If we can get back to the art of selling, to quote one of our predecessors, <laughs> and instead of the art of enrolling. I think that's very insightful because, you know, you could do everything. I think an agent can do everything right for a consumer. And there's always going to be a new company around on the block with a lower. Mm -hmm. price. Right. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. Thank you. I can very much appreciate that. Um, but let me transition over to this. And this is something okay. I'm really interested to kind of get your opinion on, because I know this is something that you've really, you know, kind of become really well known for. Um, and you're really well known for helping people on Medicare to cover risks from every angle. Obviously, every single person's different. There's no one size fits all for every single person. But if you had to, how many policies do you think someone should have on them when they're on Medicare? And, and what are some policies you recommend and why? Just as a, in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, you follow me on Facebook and yes. anybody else that's probably watching this that follows me knows the first answer I'm out of my mouth is going to be a cancer plan. I mean, I'm incredibly passionate about that. Um, we sell in our office here, we were averaging about two and a half policies per sale. Now we're around 2.77. I don't know how you get 2.77, but you know, we do. Um, so I think that I'll start by giving different markets to hopefully who your audience is and, but I'll also share with what my overall thoughts about it are. You know, for me, we started talking about my dad, um, uh, at the very beginning of this, my dad died at 52 years of age. Um, and he had life insurance cause he was a life agent, but he didn't know about cancer plans and we didn't either. And so when he was going through this, um, the thing about it was, is his thing was, I want to die sooner. I know I've only got three years at the max and I know y'all have life insurance and that'll take care of you. When I found the cancer plan and it was brought to me by a person that I really, really respected in this industry, he owned a company called United Teachers Associates and he showed me how to sell this cancer plan and they sold a ton of it. But when I took that plan, and he'll say this to this day, I just kind of created my own little market for it. I started calling it living insurance. 
it wasn't life insurance. It was living insurance because so many more people are now living with cancer. But the problem is like with my dad, he felt so defeated because he had no money. I mean, I don't know a lot about the audience that's watching us today, but I will tell you debit agents don't make the kind of money or didn't make the kind of money that the people that are listening to these podcasts do. And what happened was, is I'm sitting there hearing my dad say, get that prom dress for your sister. I'm hearing, take care of your mother. And when I got this cancer plan, I was like, this is a way for other families not to have to go through what we go through. A cancer plan does not guarantee them they're going to live, but it guarantees them financial security. And so if you take a med advantage client, for example, and you look at what their exposure is, it's not just 6,700 out of pocket. It could be 6,700 out of pocket times two because of the way the $6,700 resets. Mm -hmm. And then you add on to that the Part D is in dog drugs that they have to pay a 5% maximum on, and it doesn't take any time to get through the donut hole with a cancer drug And now you're paying that 5%. And, you know, Justin Brock uh, provided me when we first started talking about getting him to sell cancer, he provided me a client's PDP form that he was out with. And the drug was a $25,901 drug. The 5% max out of pocket to the client was $1,295. Well, everybody goes, oh, that's awesome. Only $1,295. That's fantastic when it was $25,000. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. But if $1,295 is what your monthly income is, that's bad. Yeah, it's gone. Your monthly income's just gone. And so I encourage agents to think about what would happen to you if you lost a month of income or two months of income. And this specific drug has to be on the MAPD and the PDP, one of the four tiers, but it's not on formularies in an underage world because it's new and it doesn't have to be. So what you have to remember is those underage clients of yours might be paying $25,000 to stay alive. You know, you've got a lot of people out there, including my husband going, well, I'm just not going to pay that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's too much money. And I go, well, what if it's me or your son? Well, I'd beg borrowers still for that. (laughs) You know, you don't have to. For a dollar a day, you can use Aetna's money or XYZ company's money, whoever you choose. But for a dollar a day, you can use somebody else's money. And that is a great investment. And a client typically is buying MedAdvantage because they can't afford a Medicare supplement. So if they tell you they can't afford a cancer plan, you need to immediately say, then you you can't afford not to have this cancer plan. Because who's going to pay your 6700 Who's going to pay that times two? Who's going to pay for those life-saving drugs? Well, let's at least talk to your kids and see if they want to purchase this for you. Because this might be better for them than coming up with that money. Because somebody is going to want to keep you around. You matter. And so... That is really important to me. On the MedSup, it really breaks down to two things on the cancer plan. It breaks down to where do you want to go if you get diagnosed with cancer? 
like we have a spreadsheet that we share with everybody, we'll share it with you as well, of the top cancer facilities in the country. Well, if you're in Maryland, you're gonna pick John Hopkins. If you're in Texas, you're gonna pick MD Anderson. If you're in Oklahoma, you're gonna pick Cancer Centers of America. Well, on your med advantage, those aren't covered. They're in a smaller scope of a, a network, right? Yeah, they're, they're in the window. Meds, yeah, and on a med sub, you get to go to any doctor, any hospital you want to go to. Mm -hmm. But it, the plan doesn't pay to get you there. The plan doesn't pay for you to stay there. And likewise, if you're selling in an underage situation and you've got a kiddo, like I've seen your babies. Yes. Um, you know, the thing is, you know, it shouldn't be about a mom or dad choosing to be with their kiddo. You should both be able to go. And in those younger ages, you know, a cancer plan for a 30 year old for $50,000 for the family is like 35 bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's a no brainer. Yeah. A dollar a day. You're putting stuff in your body that causes cancer for more than a dollar a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well pay a dollar a day and have this policy over here. And like I've told customers for years, if you don't get cancer, I promise you, you're not going to be mad at me that you didn't get to use this cancer policy. Right, right. But, but if you do get cancer, you're going to be mad, but not at me because you have the protection. So when you're in an MA situation or a med sup and they only have $30, everybody goes, well, I'm selling dental vision and hearing. And that's great. That's great. It keeps the companies happy. It keeps your clients happy because dental vision hearing is a product that makes a client feel good about themselves. Now, if they have to go get a root canal or a crown, yeah, not so much, but at least they have it. A lot of agents will say, well, but I don't see that as a good value, you know, because what they're paying, they could put that in the bank. The problem is until you've been out a month of income, you don't know how that feels. Right. So you, you don't need to be thinking for your customer like you think. You need to be thinking for your customer like they're living. And that's really, really important. So hospital indemnity is good, but I, I only recommend hospital indemnity and short-term recovery care if your client can afford it. Right. And don't add riders onto hospital indemnity plans that have a cancer plan. Because if they cancel that hospital indemnity plan, you have just totally messed up your customer. Mm -hmm. Now they have no cancer coverage. So you want to sell them a separate cancer plan and a separate hospital indemnity plan. And when they call you and say, hey, Christian, I've got to get rid of something. I can't afford all of this. Then you start from the bottom up, but don't ever let them cancel that cancer plan no matter what, because their odds of getting cancer is one out of two men, one out of three women, 77% of cancers are in people ages 55 and older. So the odds are not as good as death, one out of one die. Yeah, mm -hmm. final expense is a good plan to have. Most of these people have got that taken care of. What they don't have taken care of is that cancer. Mm -hmm. And last time I checked, we're all talking to men and women. None of us are Dr. Doolittle. We're, we're men and women. Yeah. And, you know, we, we need to make sure they know you have a 50% chance of using this policy if you're male. You have a 33 and a third percent chance of using this policy if you're a female. And if you're over 55, you have a two-thirds chance 
greater than two thirds chance of using this policy. So why would you not buy one? Yeah. That's and more huge. importantly to the agents, why would you not be selling this? Yeah. Guaranteed. It's not a policy that's enrolled. It is sold. When you ask somebody, do you want a cancer plan? All they hear is, do you want cancer? Yeah. Don't ask it like that. Ask, who do you know? What happened? Where did they have to go live? Who took care of them? That's what sells people on cancer plans. So that's my thought subject on that. I mean, my thought matter on that subject. Well, I love it. I, and I, and I, I, I certainly don't think it gets talked about enough. It does not. And it's because agents are afraid to bring it up. They've already got their meds up. They're ready to trek it on out of the house. But let me tell you what really happens. When we first designed this plan for, can uh, for Aetna, they were literally, literally writing around 900000 a year of annualized premium. Now they're way in excess of $23 million a year of wow. cancer premium. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. Because Galen decided we needed a cancer policy. Yeah. It happens because agents are getting the message out. It happens because agents are making clients understand how invaluable this product is. When you're sitting there and you've got to come up with $1,295 for a drug, you've spent a dollar a day to use Atna's money or again, XYZ carrier and not yours and not yours, and you will never pay into this plan more than what you're gonna get out of it if you have to use it, ever. Right. So we spend money on the craziest of things. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> and I will tell you, your clients would rather buy their children and grandchildren a cancer policy to protect them than they would some toy that they're gonna to go to their kid's house and see in the garage that's fixing to go to Goodwill. Yeah. So don't be afraid to bring up those buying situations. Don't be afraid to talk about it. You know, there's an acronym for fear, and I forgot what it is right now, but it starts with the word failure. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's, there's two of them. One is the guy that won't ask, and the other one is the guy that did ask. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll have to have that for the next podcast. But, you know, those are the things that make you great. Because when that client gets diagnosed with cancer, who are they going to call first? The agent. The agent. Definitely. And then they're going to say, thank you. What you don't want is that call from that client that says, hey, you know that cancer plan we talked about that you wrote me on? And all of a sudden you're going, you said no to that, dude. Yeah. You know, that's why we have a form in our office that we make clients sign saying they don't want a cancer policy. Mm -hmm. It does two things. One, it makes them buy one. Because <laughs> the minute they sign it, they're like, oh, well, wait a minute. What does 5000 cost again? What does 10000 yeah. cost again? You don't have to sell everybody $50,000. a matter of fact, in the senior world, we say start out with 20000 and work your way down. Mm -hmm. but something's better than nothing. I, I agree. I agree completely. And I think, I think, you know, it's probably the most important 
thing that people can add on that that doesn't get talked about enough. Like you said, you know, people talk probably more about dental vision hearing. They probably talk more about final expense and maybe even hospital indemnities. But I, th I, I think that, you know, with people like you and people like Justin that kind of put it out there that, you know, hey, this is important. Yes. The beneficiaries have become aware of it. The agents certainly become more aware of, you know, how important that it is. I think it's very, very. It got um, very real for Justin when he saw that $25,000 drug on the PDP finder. Oh, I can only imagine. I've seen That's it. That's when it got real. And it's sad that it takes something like that to get an agent understanding it. It, it take, mm. it, it's sad that it takes a client something like that. But I show that to everybody because Justin shared it with me and I share it with the world because yeah. That's what our job is. Our job is to protect our clients. When you take the insurance license exam, that's what's on there. Mm -hmm. You're taking an oath to protect your client. If you don't bring it up to them, you're not even helping them. Not giving them the option. Yeah. Three no's. If you've done three no's, on to the next. You have done your job. But if you don't even get the first no, you've not done your job. You've, mm -hmm. you've just not done your job. And so it's very, very important for me to be that passionate about it Yeah. because it is a living policy. More and more people are living with cancer every single day. Yeah. Well, well, I love it. I mean, I could talk about that all day. Oh yeah. Uh, that could be a three hour podcast. Yeah. Oh Everybody's yeah, definitely. This, but well, we could talk um, about it all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Galen, let, let me, let me um, transition into, into agents for a second. So sure. From a from a, a, a customer perspective, because I'd say our audience is probably 90% beneficiary, maybe 10% agent. Uh, right. We, we usually see a lot, some, you know, some newer agents, but some experienced agents too kind of listen to kind of learn about um, Medicare and kind of educate themselves on the products and things like that. But it's for the most part beneficiaries. Awesome. I think this is a question that can benefit both of them. Um, you've worked with a lot of agents You've worked with a lot of customers and beneficiaries over the years. What are some qualities that good agents show that maybe bad agents don't show that beneficiaries can look for when they're choosing an agent? Let's say they have, you know, 10 agents contacting them at once and they're not sure who to choose. I think it's asking the right questions, not wasting your client's time. Um, one of the reasons clients are like, I'll just buy on the internet is because I don't have to deal with a lot of wasted time. Yes. But the problem is the internet is not an educational tool. Mm -hmm. It's a good place to get information, but it's not a good place to be educated. There is not a better tool, and I hate using tool because people use that word for a lot of, a lot of things these days, but your agent is your best tool. When you call that agent up and say, hey, my friend just got diagnosed with cancer, you know, how can I prevent that from happening to me? Well, if every client we talked to asked us that, we would all be in great shape. We'd be doing nothing but protecting clients all day long. Mm -hmm. The truth of the matter is they don't want to let go of their money because they want to spend it on other things. When they turn 65, they get the mindset, hey, I have paid my dues. I want to take whatever money I've got and spend it on whatever I want. And I'm with them. I'm in that side of yeah. the court at this point in my life. But it's also important to know that you don't want to be a burden to your family. 
So listen to your agent, listen to what he has to say um, and see what works best for you. I think, like I said, I think an agent having a spreadsheet is a good tool for him to be able to say, these are the plans, but it's up to that agent to say, Hey, I've seen this company come in low and have rate increases three years later. So just because it's lower today doesn't mean it's going to be low forever. And so guiding your client, you know, when the government came out with the word navigators, when ACA came along, I thought that was going to be a good idea until I started seeing the quality of person they were hiring. It wasn't, it wasn't an educated person. The person knew nothing about insurance. The person didn't know hardly anything about Obamacare. Yeah. So to be able to have an agent that really knows what they're talking about, and I think an agent who says, I don't know, let me check on that for you, is a great agent. Because what you don't want to do is have an agent that's just really arrogant and cocky and giving answers that you know that are no good. Right. You know, when you can sit down and be slow and methodical with your client and be patient with them, that's what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And not being salesy, be an educator. I mean, they they want salesy. They'll go buy a car or a TV or yeah. a computer. They're they're coming to you because they want. This is about their life. If they get sick, you, they've entrusted you to make sh- a good decision for them. So I think that's what you look for is somebody that's just very methodical. Really, will tell you when they don't know, and is patient. I think those are really good traits in finding a good agent. I think that's very insightful. Um, and I, I agree completely. I think the education is the way to go. Um, let, me, let, me, let me ask you a question that's going to kind of put you on the spot a little bit. So, oh, we, And we've asked every <laughs> single person that's come on the podcast this. So, um, and we've got a lot of different answers for a lot of different reasons. But I'm always, I'm always interested to kind of hear what people have to say from different perspectives. Um, if and obviously again this is a question where there's no one size fits all not everybody's the same thing so it's kind of a difficult question to answer but if you had to say in in a nutshell um as a whole just in general for a majority which way do you lean more than the other in terms of medicare advantage versus medicare supplement and why well people that are watching this i hope they watch the sammy hagar road show because he always does the same thing <laughs> and all the sammy. great musicians always say both and he's like, no, you got to pick one. Um, I would always say MedSA um, first. There's always a reason to buy MedAdvantage. But I, at 56, almost 57 years old, um, I have a lot of friends that are in that 65 plus market. And my husband is 60, he's going to be 67 in February. Um, you know, I had a couple of friends call me this week saying, Hey, I've just got told I can't go to a rehab, but I can't go home. And they're on a med advantage and they're going through all these hoops. And I'm like, well, what plan are you on? And they tell me and I go, Oh, okay. And they're like, why do you say it that way? And I go, well, because I would have had a Medicare supplement and that's just Galen. That's just what I would prefer. But there are certain people in certain situations. That's, that's what they need is a med advantage plan or that's what they can afford. With a Medicare supplement, I'm always about going to the doctor I want to go to, the hospital I want to go to, and you've got that with Medicare supplement. The new plan in strategy that carriers are putting out there right now to me 
those premiums are so low, they're getting really close to a med advantage plan. Yeah. So I tell clients, look at a plan in. So, you know, I guess if you've just forcing me to give an answer, it's MedSA. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, for what it's worth, I think every single person that's come on here, except for one, has said MedSup. Okay, good. And so you're, you're not alone. <laughs> and I had one, I did an episode a little while back where I answered it myself and I said meds up. So Okay, great. I'm in agreement. I'm in good company. <laughs> yes, you're in you're you're in very you're in great company. Um good. where do you see Medicare going in the next decade, in the twenty twenties, as we enter twenty twenty? Oh, well politics so, with everything. Yeah. Well, again, that could be a three and a half hour podcast. So we'll <laughs> You know, I think macro scared a lot of people, um, but they're starting to find out what I said all last year was true. I think that was probably a really good thing for the industry. Um, it's starting to really silo out plans so that you don't have a lot of guaranteed issue mm -hmm. in a bunch of plans that dirty up the other ones. So mm -hmm. I think now we're kind of just ripping off the Band-Aid and trying to get that organized the way it needs to be. Um, I do think that what we're going to have to really think about is these margins I talked about earlier. The lower these premiums get and, you know, clients are, I mean, companies are going to start putting pressure on the agents. We need more ancillary business. We need more portfolio business because they still have to make money. Mm -hmm. And what my biggest fear is this ending up being like the ACA or the group markets where you get the premium so low and you're in, and you're in the old days taking all the, the bad risk, you have no other choice but to lower commissions. Well, your agents have to be paid to do a good job for their clients. Right. And when you're in these markets where they're paying zero commission, an agent can't get out of bed and make a living at zero commission. Right. So, Gotta keep the lights on. That's it. So what I tell clients and agents, because I think we're all in the same boat. I mean, you know, everybody goes, well, it's because that agent makes money. Well, I hope so. Because if you're talking to a client that was a former school teacher, they got paid. When you're talking to a former mechanic, he got paid. You know, they expect us to get paid. Mm -hmm. But insurance companies, I think, are starting to look more and more at these margins. So when I've got agents saying, well, we need to drop another dollar. We need to drop another dollar on this premium. We have to be really careful about begging for that too much because that thing could just get, it's such a commodity driven business. Anyway, you get it too low. There's not enough premium, not enough premium coming in to pay the commission. And we've seen that in the ACA market. And so, you know, there's no doubt our government is all about MA. And that's where they're yeah. putting more of their efforts, more of their money. The problem with that is, is it doesn't give us the better benefits that we've worked all of our life to have. We want to go to the doctor we want to go to. We want to go to the hospital we want to go to. If we get diagnosed with cancer, we don't want to look at a network and see that it's not there. Um, so I think we just have to really be careful about that. I also think that uh, like in any market, I think when there's a will, there's a way. I don't think Medicare for all is a good fit. 
uh, because I want our seniors to have Medicare. They have worked all their life to get to the promised land. It's, it's the way it was set up and it should remain that way. Those seniors who can't actively work, all of them, more and more of us are working later in life, but some just can't. Some work their tails off in jobs that some of us can't even imagine working in. Mm -hmm. And they need those type of benefits. Uh, the people who can work and the people who can earn a good living should pay for their health insurance. And they should pay a good premium for it to keep these companies viable. But that's kind of the way I see it. Well, I agree with you. I agree with you completely. And um, we've done a couple episodes on here about Medicare for all. I try to stay away from it as much as I can. But anytime you do a podcast about Medicare, kind of don't have a choice but to touch on it at least a little bit. So I, I, but I agree with you completely. I don't think it's a very good, I don't think it's a very good solution. Um, right. And I don't, I think more and more people are starting to realize that. Um, yes. Last question I have for you, Galen. Okay. What are you most proud of of everything you've accomplished in the insurance industry with all of your accolades, every, all of everything that you've done, what is the thing that, that you look back on and you're the most proud of? Well, I think one is um, I love what I do. I mean, I absolutely love what I do. I am proud of the business I've built. Um, I love being a woman in this industry. I have so much support from just amazing, amazing men in this business. So I love being a female in this business. It's, it's a ton of fun. The second thing is the cancer policy with Aetna. It's rare that you're able to go out and get a product designed with a major label co-brand with you. So that was an incredibly powerful and proud, proud moment. Um, but I really credit that to my dad's legacy. If I had not seen what he went through with his cancer diagnosis and his death, I don't know that I would be as extremely passionate about that. I'm extremely proud of that. Um, I have great partners with carriers in this business. And um, I partnered up with Manhattan Life in 2008. Um, I adore David Harris. He's chairman of the board there. And when uh, we were dealing with the ACA challenges, I mentioned to him a couple of things that were going on that, you know, our government didn't realize. I don't know that he totally realized until he fact checked me. And he came back and said, hey, I think we need to sue the government. And, um, you know, that was not an easy decision. We love our government, we love our country, we, we are extremely good patriots, but we basically wanted to file the lawsuit to, to get their attention so that they would at least have a conversation with us. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work out that way. I mean, they actually said, okay, game on. <laughs> and so we went down that road, but we saved the limited benefit plan um, along with some really good judges and some really good lawyers and you know, it, it was really uh, instrumental in being able to have plans for people in the underage market that who couldn't afford Obamacare, who couldn't afford an ACA plan. So I'm very proud of that. I feel like we did a really good job for um, clients and made them, gave them other choices that they weren't going to have had we not challenged parts of that law. 
Um, nobody likes to wake up and say, hey, let's sue the government. That That is right. not what we wanted to do at all. We wanted to have a conversation and we wanted them to understand what was going on with the heartland of America, the farmers and the ranchers and the small business owners, you know, that couldn't afford health insurance. You know, the number one cause of bankruptcy is not having health insurance, medical bills. Right. So I'm extremely proud of that. I, I love that we took care of our clients. I love that David Harris took care of our clients. And I love that even though Manhattan or Central United got the win, our industry got the win. And so by our industry getting the win, our clients won. And so I'm extremely proud of that. Hey, well, that's great. Well, I, um, I can't thank you enough for your time and, um, and everything that you've done for the industry. Thank you. For everything that impacts our clients in a positive way, everything that impacts me and my organization in a positive way. I just thank you because I, I know that you're someone that, you know, is always fighting for what's best for everybody involved. And, you know, we're, I just, I just admire you so much for everything that you've done in that respect. So thank you. And wow. you're very sweet to say that. And I really appreciate you saying that. Uh, I, I do. I, I care about the people. And, you know, everybody runs into a bad glitch in this business. Just remember, you might have a bad day, but you're not going to have a bad week. You're not going to have a bad month. You're not going to have a bad year. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're taking care of your clients, they're going to take care of you. That, that's just how it works in this business. And I just really appreciate everything you're doing by these podcasts because I think our clients need to hear more of this kind of thing. You know, sometimes they can't appreciate the work we do because they don't know what we do. They see an agent for 15, 20 minutes. They have no idea what goes into the back end uh, to get them the products that they need and uh, the care that they need. Yeah. I mean, our focus with this was to kind of pull the sheet back and kind of show them what happens behind the scenes, but also to just have an episode where anything, any issue they could possibly run into, there's a library of content that they can say, okay, here's the episode about what I'm running, dealing with right now. And wow. That, that's just great. Yeah. I mean, right. I, I, and I think it's worked that way. Um, Galen, before I close everything out here, talk about senior security benefits real quickly to anybody that's listening, that whether they be a beneficiary or whether they be an agent that might want to work with you guys. I, you, well, I'm incredibly proud. States, but. I'm incredibly proud of the people I get to work with every day and call them not only friends and colleagues, but family. Um, you know, when I look around the group of people that surround me, I'm just a better person because of the people I surround myself with. They, they lift me up. They make me inspired. Um, I think what we do for our clients and what we do for our agents are the same. We are going to support you until the end of time. We are going to do whatever is in our ability to take care of you and make sure you always come out on top. And then we're going to be talking to carriers. We're constantly going to be telling them what the client's needs are and what the agent's needs are. And for us, like I've said before, whether you're a client buying a policy or you're an agent that chooses to do business with us, you're the same. You are our customer. And hopefully when you contact us, you get treated that way each and every time. And um, that is the way I want it to run. You know, we very... Um, we love the golden rule. As simple as it is, it's, it's the way we try to do business. And it's easy to remember, and uh, it works for us. 
So how can people get in touch with your organization if they, if they wanted to maybe buy a policy from you guys, or maybe they're that wants to get a contract with you guys, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Is it online or calling or? Uh, All of that works for us. We have a great website. I love it's uh, as everybody knows, www, but it's insmg.com. We also have several uh, connection sites we use. So we've got senior security benefits, Facebook page, We've got an insurance marketing group, Facebook page, and we have a good old fashioned telephone number. We love talking to clients <laughs> and we have an 800 number. It's 800-299-5567. And uh, we'd love to visit with you and anything we can do to help you support you. If you got somebody out there that just needs a good old fashioned training of how we sell cancer, we would love to visit with them on that. Uh, if a client wants to know more about cancer, we can certainly um, arm the agents with the proper materials and all of that great stuff to make them better in the field. Well, great. Well, Galen, again, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a very busy lady and um, I, I'm flattered that you took the time to talk with me today. So thank you very much. Well, thank you and have a great day. All righty. Well, thank you everybody so much for watching. We'll be back on Saturday. Take care. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.